0: Welcome to RP, this is Saratoba Best Purim. Um, We're uh, approaching probably one of the most, what will end up being one of the most important Purims in all of history, except for the original Purim, Um, because there's a lot going on. We're in the middle of Milcham HaShem, so we know um, there was a big, a very big uh, special thing that happened on Purim Chatzan, this year, so we know that something very big, in a way of the of transforming darkness to light, is going to happen this forum. So, let's look at forum with those eyes. This is um, a Sikha from uh, um, and um nineteen sixty-two and sixty-seven. Okay, important times. So it says in the Seftus Magilla the Talmudim of Rashbi asked a question. How come our enemies were allowed were given were allowed by Hashem to threaten to extinguish us, God forbid? Why? In other words, they said a year from then it would be the end for every Jewish man, woman, and child, God forbid. Why? Why did Hashem give them Give them that permission that they could do that, and it says russia mm-hmm. because we went to the party hm really in Shushan um, in Shushan, I guess they would be executed they what was going on in Shushan because they bowed to the to the telem, and they bowed when they shouldn't have, therefore this decree was on them, and because of going to the party. Now, who ha- Hashem, in all his goodness, is going to wipe us out because of going to a party. God forbid, God forbid he'll wipe us out because of going to a party. So here's what's going on. The fact that we went to this party, sudasa, shalisa, men, the hanah, the pleasure, it's not just we went to the party, we had pleasure. This seems very um, severe of Hashem. Hashem. This isn't the Hashem that we know. Because we had a good time at the party, he's going to kill all of us. That's not our Hashem that we know. <coughs> what does that mean? Oh, well, we ate unkosher food. Okay. But there's a punishment for that. It's not the death sentence. As it says about in the Medrash, the B'nai Yisro-Bal, the Suffolk, the Sakana, we came in danger we were in danger because we ate the food of Goyim. Still, that's not the punishment, Al-Petirah. The person doesn't have to give up their life for that. And then there's a question. <speaking in Hebrew> really? Because we ate forbidden food, Hashem is my wife, every man, every Jewish man, woman, and child, God forbid, <speaking in> Hayal <Hebrew> Obviously not. doesn't fit. So the Gemara asked a question. Okay, so how come in the whole world they were going to be executed? And those in Shushan uh, Those in Shushan for sure deserve the death punishment. All of this is really strange. And so the work, the Gemara is saying, We had pleasure from that Suza. That means what was the what was the chait eating? No, the pleasure eating forbidden foods. No, nope. the pleasure of being invited to that suda for pleasure, for feeling like oh wow they accept us after all these generations they accept us for that you have to be wiped out. No. Then the other thing is, it says that the mishta the the meal and we're going to see the answer in a second which is going to turn everything on its head. This was a party that was made that that Mordechai, Haman would feel comfortable there, and so would Mordechai. They all had their foods that they could eat. So, well, nobody was forced. The truth is there was also kosher food. You could eat whichever one you wanted. If the Kavanah of the Gemara is that... um, it doesn't fit. We ate non-kosher food. And then just another couple of questions, and the is going to jump into the answer. There are there are misfortunes that say, because, let's not talk about the food. You ate the food, so you have to leave? No, 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 no. Come on. What did the food imply? What was the party implying? What is it that we were giving our hexer sure to? We were standing behind, you know, today politically, you know, if you don't, object, then you're saying that you approve. So what were we approving of? So Achish made this big party and he said, ah, yeah, great. No more Beis Amigvash. Seventy years are gone. They weren't able to rebuild their temple. That's great. Their God is very old. He's very, He doesn't do anything anymore.
1: Good for
0: us. I'm going to make a party celebrating the fact that if there was spiritual power in the hands of the Jewish people, it is no longer, and I am going to celebrate. So he said, 70 years of Gullus, and you weren't redeemed? That's the reason for celebrating. Aha! And so he took out the calum of the Beis Migdish, and he said, I'll make the party, and I'm going to use the calum of the Beis Migdish. Okay, so what does that mean? If you go to the party, where he's using, he's stewing, he's, he's labeling stew out of the bowls, the golden bowls of the Baysa Mizzish. He's serving soup. He's serving minestrone soup or whatever from the bowls of the basin dish. Whoa. And you're going to that party? Hmm. So what does it say about you? You're basically saying, I'm okay with him taking the kale of the Baysa Mizzish and serving me minestrone soup out of it even if it has a hepture. I'm okay with that. So then what am I really saying? I'm saying, this whole Mashiach thing, I'm not into it. You know, come on. Let's face reality. We've been in Gullus for so long. Let's get with the program. Let's just face reality and realize we're going to have to get used to a new way of living. We always had, we were in Gullus, and we had this dream of Geula. Well, guess what? Now is the beginning of a new era. That's essentially, what was the party, what was Akashverosh saying? Get, Get used to the fact that Gullus now needs to become your true reality. Your normal factory installed download. Gullus has to be... You, stop dreaming. Stop with the dreams. You're sitting in Gullus for 70 years with a dream, a dream, a dream. Give up the dream. Isn't 70 years an epoch in a person's life? You know, there's actually a, an answer from the Rebbe that speaks about when... St- Tum Chetimim was 30 year, 70 years old here. And the answer was that 70 is a number that is a certain completion. And then from 70 on, a person goes to the next level of their journey. So after 70 years of, what were we doing? We were in Gulus after the, the destruction of the of HaMazish, but we were still dreaming about Geula. Gulus dreaming about Geula, still hoping for Geula. Now, what did Akashveresh have in mind? He said, I've got a better one for you. Forget about, you know, this is the end of the 70 years. Now we enter into something totally new. 70 years is the end of an era. So what are we going to go into now? No more Gullus dreaming for Gaula, longing for Gaula. Now it's, folks, get comfortable in gullah because this is going to be the new normal. No more dreams. Settle in, you know, get yourself some nice, you know, some Coca-Cola and salami sandwiches and some nice spicy fry, French fries, stock up on it, you know, order out, order out from McDonald's or whatever, the kosher, you know, order out, enjoy, come, let's eat, drink and be merry. We are entering Gullis for real, the first time without any guilt the dreaming thing about, oh, we want Mashiach now, it's over. You'll start to like it. Don't worry. Let's celebrate together. Come on over to my party. I'm going to pull out the vessels of this base of Misesh that you were dreaming to rebuild, and now we know it's not going to happen. And we're going to start to live to make Gullus our new guula, so to speak, our new normal. And feel good. There are lots of goodies in Gullus. Look, look, said Ahasuerus, until now, I didn't invite you to my parties Because you were, you know, you were different. You were in Gullus, but you were dreaming about Gaula. You just didn't fit. You people didn't fit into my, into my nation's reality. So you always had this thing, this dream of Mashiach, that set you apart from all the Persian people. You just weren't cool with the Persian people but now I'm inviting you to the party and we're going to teach you how to forget about that dream and how to be regular Persians and enjoy it and we're going to have the finest food, the finest entertainment you, you name it because this is a celebration for me because I no longer have to be threatened by you Jewish people with your dream and for you too you can live in one world. You've always lived in two worlds. We're living in Gullus, but we want Gaula. No more. You can live in one unified world, plain old Gullus with all the trimmings, the, fr- the French fries, the Coca-Cola, you know, the cognac, the sushi, the finest food, money, wealth, honor, pleasures of the world, and joy. Welcome to Gullus. Bienvenue à Gallus Law. Right? Welcome to Gullus. So we went and we said, sounds good. <laughs> well, there's the problem. So, now what do you have to do once you enter this new thing that you've never, we as a people, never lived in that reality before? Comfortably in gullus without guilt. That's what he was inviting us to do. So, we're talking here, though, about, so Hashem responded and said, okay, annihilation. I mean, as soon as we said, great, thank you, wow, I see, we see that everybody else is having a good time in Gullus. We always wondered what it would be like to just be comfortable in Gullis. So thank you, we're going to try it. And as soon as we tried it, it looks like Gullus vomited us out because this Gezerah came along, which even included the children. And the children really weren't asked. They weren't consulted. Do you want to be in Gullahs? Do you not? And probably, of course, they would have said no gullus. But the the Gezerah was on them too. Annihilation in one year. By Haman. But really, who's giving Haman permission or masterminding it? Hashem. What is that? So it says in Megillus Esther, the Gezerah of Haman was for the whole nation. Minar v'adzakeh, tafenashim. You know, old and young, babies, old people, everything. And why? Because we bow to the idol. Okay? In Avayda Zara, it says, um, you know, there are three things for which we have to give up our lives. Avayda Zara, gilya Ras, and So we bow to the idol. Well, there we go. There's no puni- you, you're not punishment with extinct, punished with extinction for enjoying a party, but the but the tiger says you're punished with the death penalty for if I deserve. Well there you go, okay, it all fits. so why are we focusing on this enjoying the party thing? Um, and what about the children? The children didn't doubt any idols, so what is that? Okay, so now the Rebbe begins the answer. Uh, Razal say the following. We are like a sheep among seven, surrounded by 70 wolves. And great is the shepherd, Hashem, who protects us. Here we are, a little Shepsela, surrounded by 70 wolves, and Hashem is very great. Can He keep us safe? That's the situation in Neretz Yisrael. And I'm gonna say that when I moved to Crown Heights, didn't touch in men in nineteen eighty um oh. according to what I saw in the news, it kind of looked like that's what it was in Crown Heights, you know now it's all hipster hipster village all around us um around Crown Heights, but at that time it was people who didn't seem to like us and didn't seem to um and seem to enjoy crime. More than they enjoyed keeping the law, so it looked kind of scary, and it looked like right across from 770 was the doorway to a very scary neighborhood. So we also seem just even in Crown Heights to be, you know, surrounded by 70 wolves. One little shepsula. What's the chance of this sheep surviving when it's surrounded by 70 wolves? Well, Hashem say protect us. So right here. You you, you you figure something out. We don't seem to give much credence to the laws of nature. Because so the laws of nature say, if I'm a sheep and there are 70 wolves around me, well, I guess I will say my prayers, isn't much chance of surviving. It's not one sheep and one wolf. It's one sheep and 70 wolves. Wolves like to attack. Sheep, sheep like to these de- de- quiet, quietly sit there. There's no chance for this sheep. This poor sheep. Who is this poor sheep? It's every one of us. According to the laws of nature, we have always been one sheep. We're the sheep surrounded by 70 wolves. Which means the laws of nature, nature never worked for us. They've never applied to us. They apply to everybody else. They aren't, they don't apply to us. Our very existence means we work on the other frequency. One frequency, well, the laws of nature, you can rely on that. And the other one is, no, 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 we don't. Only Hashem protects us. You know, an example of the laws of nature are, um, I need to get to Albany, New York. Well, I need either a car or or a ride or a train or a bus, but I'm probably, and I need to be there in two days, I'm probably not going to be walking to Albany, New York. Not Albany Avenue, Albany, New York. Probably a four-hour drive, three-and-a-half-hour drive. It's a long walk. The laws of nature, you need to follow nature. Well, we may follow nature, but we don't, we do it when you have to do it, but we don't actually believe that that's what keeps us safe. So, us being surrounded by all the nations, sometimes it's very miraculous. Sometimes it's a little bit miraculous, and sometimes it's very miraculous. If you happen to live in a nice neighborhood with nice people and nice people all around those neighborhoods and every, nobody, everybody minds their own business, it doesn't feel like you're living there miraculously. If you go to the store and you buy five pounds of organic carrots and you come home, home and you put them in your refrigerator and when you want organic carrots, you open the refrigerator and there it is, it doesn't feel miraculous. You say, wow, what a miracle, there's an organic carrot here. Well, yeah, I mean, we just you just went to the store and bought them. You know what do you right? So are we living on miracles or in nature? Well, when you think that you are the sheep surrounded by the seventy wolves, then you realize, I guess we live on miracles there is there may be there may be a place in nature for me to have those organic carrots in my refrigerator. But let's take a more basic question. Is there a place in nature for me to exist? No. No. If I am a Jew, I don't exist in nature. We were wiped out. That little sheep surrounded by the 70 wolves was, so to speak, on the level of thoughts, wiped out Hundreds and thousands, millions of times, since the time of Avram Avinu. We haven't been here for a long time, so to speak. If if looks could kill, <laughs> we 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 were uh, we've been gone many many millions of times over. If thoughts could, if we were here simply because if our being here depended on whether the non-Jews wanted us here or not we would not be here. At least not up until this point in history. So, there is no place in nature for our existence. The only way we're here is the chesed of Hashem. Al Haraya, great as the Shepherd. He protects us. He, et cetera, he uses a miraculous way above nature to keep us here in the world. But, so, Um, If we're here safe, bashtacha, by very special divine intervention, then you know what that means? It means that the 70 wolves can't get to us. It's almost like on the level of nature, those 70 wolves have very sharp teeth, and those are scary teeth. On the level of miracles that we've been living on since the beginning of time, They're probably just plastic, so to speak. They look like scary wolves, but I guess they've got plastic teeth and nothing can happen. Or maybe they're plastic wolves. They sure look like realistic wolves. Yeah, of course, it has to look that way. But they will act towards us like plastic wolves. What's a plastic wolf going to do to you? Nothing. They can't touch us. And so when we follow the program. When we depend on Hashem, we say, Hashem, I don't bother with the lower frequency of the laws of nature. I depend on you. Hashem says, me too, I depend on you. We're in this together. And He protects us. And you trust me. Don't trust the laws of nature. Trust me. And I will keep you safe. I'll protect you. However, If we refuse this protection from Hashem, we fight it. How do we fight it? We um, actually believe that the wolves and their kachas, their natural kachas, are real. We see the wolves as real. Um, Then what happens is we lose that special protection, which is miraculous. Hashem says sort of, if you see the wolves as kind of plastic, as you know they're there, but they're not going to, they can't harm you. That's what you'll have. If you see them as dangerous, they will become dangerous. It's the question of how you want to look at it. If you put yourself back into the frequency of nature, oh my goodness, there are wolves there, they're scary, they're very dangerous. I'll let you go into the frequency of nature. If you rise above it to connect with me and say, "I don't have to worry," you won't have to worry. Question is, where do we? Which frequency are we choosing—the one of nature, or the one of Hashem's, the miraculous one? And one of the the Rambam says, "V'starti panai mehem umatu ralas ki ein." I'm not sure what this refers to. When the person separates himself from Hashem Hashem then Hashem becomes separated from him. And then we're inviting, if we separate ourselves from Hashem, that world out there minus Hashem is very scary. It truly is scary. We're just always in a plastic coating. You know, Hashem puts us, coats us with his presence, so it doesn't have to, it's not scary at all. But if we reject the, the coating that Hashem puts around us, it does go back to being a very scary world. We invite any evil and negativity that possibly could come around. We we let go of the Hashkachem miuvedus and we go back into uh, you know accidental like oh it just happened to happen for a Jew nothing just happens to happen for us everything I opened the refrigerator I thought I was going to find organic carrots they're not there where did they go I don't know so maybe my neighbor came and borrowed them when I wasn't here and they took them all maybe. So, if I think things just happen to happen, you know, the nature way, Hashem says, good. Well, have a good time in the world of nature. And then we are Hefker. Then we're at the mercy of the laws of nature, with the wolves, with the bad guys. And that's what the, what the Rambam means. At the beginning of Hilchus Hanus, when he says, the last of Amid, the Keri, the Lachdi, When you go with that kind of, oh, it just happened to happen energy, occasional just, oh, really, yeah, I just, I don't know, it just coincidentally happened. When you step into that mindset, then I will also go into that mindset of just, yeah, whatever happens to happen, you know, blown around in the wind. Carry. Carry also means a type of impurity. But also that you know whatever happens, I don't know nobody's running the world if you step into the mindset of there's nobody running the world, stop with your you know we 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 just saw a video of Klaus uh, Schwab and his globalist uh, uh convention ten years ago, twenty years ago, whatever, and there was unfortunately an Israeli fellow who is one of his main scientists and social and political scientists, interpreting what life is going to be like by the year 2030, and it's blood-curdling. And this fellow is saying, we will no longer have a world where people believe that some god up in the clouds is running the world. That will be gone forever. We will now finally step into the real world where the cloud will run the world, but not from some god up there, but the iCloud will be running the world and the people will be, people's lives will be conducted by the iCloud. That's what he said. And this is beginning to happen now and will be fully in place by the year 2030. Well, there you go. This is the story of Purim. Do you believe in the God up in the clouds, so to speak, or the iCloud, the computer which becomes your God? So, um, says Hashem, if you guys tune into believing that the iCloud is running your life, and you don't need the God up in the clouds, and he thought it was so poetic, this Israeli guy, like... It was so poetic, and it was so cute, and you know, God up in the clouds, and he made fun of it. No, we will have the clouds, the eye clouds. So, him and all the anti-Semites there, Klaus Schwab and all the creeps, all the evil people. So, Hashem says, when you do that, I will bring you Tzara. So that you should do tshuva, Come back to me. So, if you say, it just happened to happen, the eye cloud made it happen. If you go into that mindset, I will lead you to the iCloud. Goodbye, you know, like the balloon that flies up there, you know, oh no, where, where, where did the balloon go? Up into the iCloud. Go find it. Um, so I will add you, I will kind of put you at the mercy of, you know, the iCloud. So, Sha'in Rahman Aslan, it's not that Hashem will be punishing us. Hashem is not saying, if you do that, if you don't trust me, I am going to punish you. Hashem says, I don't punish. I don't punish. I just let you have your natural consequences, your logical consequences. I'm not going to add a punishment to you, but rather, the way I act, says Hashem, vis-a-vis you, is in a way of carry. Just happens. No, no divine, no divine plan. Just whatever happens, happens. The iCloud tells you this. The iCloud tells you that. I will take off. If you insist on throwing off my hashkacha practice, I'll let you throw off the hashkacha practice, and then you're at the mercy of the iCloud or Klaus Schwab. The Derech Then you're open to any kind of spiritual, emotional, physical, medical, etc. infection, viruses, that happen to come your way, God forbid. Because you threw off the special protection. You said, ah, special protection from Hashem. The world is what it is. So Hashem said, this is not a punishment for me. You choose it, that's, the system is, you work with nature, nature was never your friend. You don't work with nature, I'm here for you. You choose. That's the story of porn. So now we want to understand when it says, Russia." we went to the party, the party was a celebration for it, yay, iCloud, Cloud, here we come. We no longer have to worry about that god up in the clouds who's going to run our lives. Paul Schwab is going to run our lives. What is iCloud, Bill Gates, yay, Microsoft is going to run our lives. That was what the party was about. We enjoyed the party. that was celebrating the new way. Get comfortable in Gullis. It can be quite juicy. It can be quite fun. Settle in, Jewish people. Get used to a new normal. It did bring us to a gazera of extinction, God forbid, by our choice, not by Hashem's choice. It wasn't a punishment. It was a natural consequence of our choice. The situation, alpiteva of the Yiddin, after Godel Hamelach and Haman, after Haman rose to power and he was, he was raised up higher than everybody. Haman became one of the biggest guys in Achishverosh's kingdom. It was that situation then was already, we were at that moment, a little sheep surrounded by 70 wolves. Haman and all his henchmen Hannan and all his Klaus Schwab henchmen and his Bill Gates and Fauci henchmen, he was threatening us. And the Hanhaga, our conduct, um, the, the fact that we we didn't see through what the party meant, we just weren't there. We were just lulled into, you know, by the media. We were lulled into believing that the party is a good thing. Just go. Don't think too deeply. Don't worry about being Jewish. Just go to the party. Eat, drink, and be merry. We were we were lulled into the media hypnosis of eat, drink, and be merry. You'll see. Life will be good, even if you're Jewish, especially if you're Jewish. So we lost that protective shmirah, that protective coating of gadol HaRai, of the greatness of our, our, our shepherd, of Hashem. And one more point here, and then we'll end off. The point that we enjoyed this Russia, what, what did we enjoy? We were really excited. This evil guy invited us to the party. So we said it like this. We, we said, this evil guy invited us to the party. Now, Mordechai if I said, this evil guy invited you to the party? We were just so excited that Haman invited us to the party. Do you know what an honor that is? Do you understand we finally made it? Do you understand Jewish discrimination is over? We're finally one of the people? We're finally just regular people? They'll let us into the country club? This is amazing. And we enjoyed it? What were we saying? Being Jewish is nice, you know, kind of like little matzah ball here and a little lox and bagels there. It's cute. But if you want real pleasure in life and want to feel like you really, life is worth living, ah, that's when the game invites you and allow you into the country club. Now you're living, now it's a life worth living. Once we got to that point, we realized we were living as people who happened to have some Jewish extraction somewhere in the past. We weren't living as Jews who happen to look like regular people. So, our being excited, our enjoying the party was a proof that the existence of the Russia, Akashverosh, was very important to us. We really, it was a big privilege, and we really held Akashverosh in esteem. And when we, when we participated in the party, we considered it a big covet, a big honor. We made it. And participating in the party wasn't obligatory. But we weren't taken by force to the party or else go to jail. No. We, you know, it was exciting for us. We kind of We didn't all hide in our homes and then the soldiers came and ripped us out of the closets like they did in the Holocaust. We were excited to go. The minute we got got the invitation, like we were shining our shoes and on the way. Because we held as important. What were we saying? You know who's important? The 70 wolves! Seventy wolves will accept us? Ah, number one, we feel like, what's the solution to being one sheep surrounded by 70 wolves? What did we feel? If we just get the 70 wolves to accept us as equals, we will no longer, like they did in the past year, in Eretz Yisrael, in the Medina Yisrael, in the, the, right, the state of Israel, the state of Israel wanted to be the first among the nations to show kach from a medical point of view. We aren't since when are we one of the nations? But He wanted us to be the first among all the nations to show that we and he signed a, a horrifying uh, pact with the bad guys. So It's nothing new. We wanted to be the first to come to the party of And What were we showing? We were showing that we really think that those 70 wolves are important. And what we're wishing is, we're not wishing that they would leave us alone and we could just stand up tall and tell them, don't start up with us. We want to be accepted by them. We're kind of tired of being different. Let's just get them to, let's just get them to accept us and we will be part of the Hevra forever. That was the fatal mistake. We were excited that they, they, that, that we were accepted by this Russia, by Euther Russia. And from this, we pushed off, we pushed away the Shmiranises the miraculous guarding that Hashem did of us, to us. And so what did we do? We now, instead of being surrounded by Hashem's miraculous protection, we now, who is going to protect us now? What do you mean? We don't need protection. We're friends with the 70 wolves. Don't protect us. They're good guys. You were paranoid all those decades, all those hundreds of years. You thought that the, you thought our enemies were enemies. They weren't enemies. All we have to do is go to the party, you know, drink a few beers with them together, you know, fraternize, intermarry a little, this and that. And guess what? They'll start being our friends. We won't need miraculous protection. They themselves will protect us. Because we're their friends, and that was really what we thought. Um, The only thing is, at that moment in history, we know that ultimately, we are going to make friends with the seventy wolves. We are going to tame the wolves. What the wolf will lie down with the the lion will lie down with the lamb. That is, we are going to tame the wolves. We have been with the. The seven Noahide laws. And And they will become docile and eat from our hands. Not us eating from their hands. The difference is, yes, we will and are in the process of becoming friends with them in some way. But that's in order to have them eating out of our hands. Not for us to eat out of their hands. For us to be the leaders and them to be the followers. Not for them to be the leaders and us to follow. At that moment in history, it wasn't the time yet. And therefore, when we jumped the gun and said, come on, the 70 wolves are going to accept us, we jumped into a terrifying natural consequence that meant that if you just wait enough days, the 70 wolves are going to go back to being wolves, and those wolves have sharp teeth. And from your point of view, fine, they, they're not going to use our, their teeth on us. But after a short while, The 70 wolves were planning to say, not going to use our sharp teeth on the Jew? Of course we will! Not going to use our sharp teeth on the sheep? Of course we will! And that was a lesson. That was a painful lesson to learn at that moment. So we'll finish part two in the next couple of days. This was part one of two of the Purim Sikha and we say, Hashem, we step into a new era in which they're not really wolves anymore. They're here to assist us, but in the true way, and at the same time, as we're in this world, Hashem totally protects us. We live in that protective bubble, and Hashem protects us. And we, March 2, the Gula Mitzvah Shleima, whole Complete hate or hate all good things, and find yourselves in immediately now. Tune in for part two in the next day or two. Thanks.